Exacto. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. So I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome to the Intentionally Offensive Wrestling Podcast. It is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. I am Jason, obviously flying in the host seat tonight. Uh, Troy's taking care of some personal business, uh, but I am not alone. And I know you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, well, it must be Jeff. Well, no, no, Jeff is giving vaccinations with his wiener. And then you say, well, it must be Sal. Nope, Sal's home recuperating and we wish you the best, Sal. Okay, then it's got to be Adam, right? No, no, no. Adam is doing unspeakable things to his Finn Balor action figure. So, who is it, you ask? Well, we have a brand new co-host this week for the rundown. Please welcome somebody I have worked closely with in the professional wrestling business, making his first appearance on the rundown. Ginger, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, well, we'll see if you still feel that way at the end. But thank you for joining <laughs> us for sure. So, uh, right off the bat, and I know I'm gonna—I know Ginger, this is gonna resonate with you too. Uh, before we get into having fun and being inappropriate and doing all the things we do every week, uh, somebody that's close to both of us—that's been a big part of our careers in wrestling—is uh, going through a real tough uh, time right now, and we just wanted to pass along our thoughts and our wishes to Big Woody. Um, He's fighting the good fight, and hopefully he comes out the other end. And uh, I know a lot of people are with us, um, but he's got a lot of people pulling for him. And uh, I know, Ginger, you and uh, myself are amongst that group. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I started APW, or at the time, WSW, with Woody, and he, he helped build Atlantic Pro Wrestling to what it is today, and he helped build my character. And... You know, he's going through a lot of things right now, but uh, he's a tough bastard, and he will pull through it. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I know a lot of you aren't familiar with Big Woody, but uh, just send uh, if you're praying tonight, if you're thinking tonight, uh, just send some up for him. He can use all of the ones he can get. All right, but now on to talking about hot women, because I know that's a subject that we really <laughs> love to. So... Uh, before we get into our perfect 10, we, as we mentioned every week lately, we have our hottest WWE female talent tournament going on. We already gave you last week's winners. I have this week's winners. They are final. They are official. And I also will give you next week's matchups ahead of time so you can prepare and start thinking. But, Ginger, being your first appearance, I know you said you were going to sit down, bang out, so to speak, your final four. <laughs> what did you come up with, sir? Um, I came down, it was tough, first of all, this, um, this tournament is going to be a t- 
tough one for all the ladies involved, the beautiful ladies involved. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it was. I, I did my own little research, and uh, I came down to my final four. Okay. Um, Zaya Brookside, is that how you pronounce first name? It is. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. That. And to you, to credit you, hair color, man, it's a thing. I don't know what it is, but I, she knocks it out of the park. And uh, so she made it to my final four. Okay. First time um, she's made it to a final four so far in all of these uh, opinion polls. Yeah, she just, I don't know, just the look on her face. I don't know, man. I would, <laughs> I would do things. Probably did already, but anyway. <laughs> um, next I got Dakota Kai. Okay. Um, cute, cute little girl. You know, she's uh, a lot of people are probably like, "Why her?" I don't know. I just find her to be sexy. I don't know. I mean, it's just everybody has their own thing, and she did it for me. <laughs> All right. So that that gives you uh, Dakota Kai versus Zaya Brookside on one side. Who do you have on the other side? Okay. So this girl played one of the best storylines, which. For Stratus for her introduction to the company, Mickey James. Wow, now I'm a big fan, but she didn't even make it to my final four. Oh, man, I don't know, man. Just something about her, that psychotic thing back in the day was awesome, and it just was like, hmm, yeah, she's got a kinky side to her on that one. All right, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Who will she be facing in that final four? The goddess of all the women in WWE at this moment, Alexa Bliss. Oh, my God. Goodness! Very, very popular choice for that for that to come out of that section of the bracket. So that leaves you with Mickey James versus Alexa Bliss in a battle of tag team partners. Who's moving on to the finals? Oh God! I mean, Alexa, Alexa Bliss, obviously. Okay, Alexa. Uh, right off the bat. All right. So who will Alexa face? Will it be Zaya Brookside or will it be Dakota Kai? Oof, this was pretty tough. Um. But I would probably go with Zaya. All right, Zaya um, in the, the hair. The hair does it for me, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, I'm glad yeah, that I'm glad I'm not the only one with that particular weird uh, attraction. No, no, it's not just you. I mean, I I don't know. I'm just something about it. It just like catches your eye, and it's yeah. just like, ooh, she's a cutie. Yeah. That's why I always liked Eva Marie. It was the hair. Anyway, uh, <sighs> yeah. She's all plastic, dude. She's like a Barbie doll, man. Perfectly fine with me. I'm just talking about looking at her. <laughs> all right, so Zaya, is it Zaya, is, did you pick Zaya over Dakota? Is that what we did? Correct. Okay, so that leaves Zaya versus Alexa Bliss. Who do you got? <sighs> I like, like I said from when you first asked me, Alexa Bliss wins it. She yeah. is absolutely. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, all right, all right. Nobody can certainly argue with that. Um, you will learn the more you're on this show that the answer is always Mandy Rose. But we're going to give you a pass for the first time, so that's fine. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just I think Alexa Bliss. Some just that look she gives into the camera is just like, oh my goodness. I'll have to, I, I have some pictures of Mandy. I'll have to share with you. <laughs> but in any event. 
You fans of The Rundown, you have an opportunity to have your voices heard as well. You can vote every single day. RundownWrestling.com, a new battle goes up except for Thursdays as we close the previous week and get ready to start the next week. So I do have the results from week two. Now, as you may remember, in week one, we had Chelsea Green, Tony Storm, Alexa Bliss, Carmella and Becky Lynch, as well as Nikki Bella, move on to the second round. So this week we had some interesting, interesting results. Our first matchup of the week on Monday, I'm uh, sorry, last Thursday, uh, was Lacey Evans versus Tegan Knox. Uh, in what I think is a bit of an upset, with 53% of the vote, Tegan Knox moves on to the second round. Um, I would have had Lacey, but you guys, like I said, it's your chance to have your voices heard, and you have gone with Tegan Knox, so she moves on. Our next matchup, I think I mentioned this, uh, I believe my wife is voting against the hot women that I she knows I like just to mess with me, uh, but our next matchup was Bailey versus Ginny. Um, apparently, she's not the only one that found Ginny to be the more attractive one, but not enough as Bailey moves on with 73% of the vote. Uh, so my line, it, my, it, my, go ahead. If I may interrupt, uh, after seeing a picture of Jenny, she is just too skinny. She's got to get some meat on those bones. Bailey's got that perfect meat on her. Oh yeah. Uh, and she, Jenny also looks constipated to me all the time. I don't know what <laughs> thing is there. Um, so uh, my line to my wife was, Ginny uh, couldn't put, couldn't be hot if she was standing on the sun. So, uh, but I, I voted Bailey, and I'm glad to see the rest of you did so too. Uh, in another lopsided matchup, we had Lacey Lane taking on Stephanie McMahon, and with 73% of the vote, Stephanie moves on. Like I said in our uh, Wackatology special, the power is intoxicating, and nobody in this list is more powerful than Stephanie McMahon. Uh, and that brings us to our next matchup. So Ginger had Zaya Brookside in the finals. This is a, this is apparently the only contest, and, and I feel bad because here's the thing, okay? This th- this matchup was Zaya Brookside versus Rachel Evers or Rachel Ellering, however you want to call her, who I don't think is a bad looking girl. However, for the first time in the fan voting, we have a 100% result in favor of Zaya Brookside. Zero people voted for Rachel Ellering. Wow. To put that in context, folks, Tamina got three votes. I, I don't know what else to say. I apologize for for our fans, Rachel, because you should have at least gotten one or two. Uh, Zaya Brookside moves on to round two. That brought us to our next contest, which was decided by one vote. Incredibly close. First one we've had that's come down to that close of a contest. Nina Samuels and Ruby Riot, and I am informing you that moving on to round two is the leader of the Riot Squad. Ruby Riot wins by one vote and moves on to round two. That was a tough one for me because I'm not a huge Ruby fan, but Nina's got a nice little body on her, but that face is really disturbing. (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, Ruby, sometimes she almost has a manly look in a way. But other times, like the photograph that you have on the website, she yeah. looks gorgeous right. in that picture. It's, it's sort of bipolar in a way. Like, she looks really hot sometimes, and she looks like Rachel Dratch other times. I don't know. <laughs> take, take your pick on that one. All right, another person that you had in your final four is in this next contest, as it was Dakota Kai versus Brie Bella. Now, we've already had one Bella sister move on to the second round. Would we have two? No, we would not. With 82% of the vote, Dakota Kai moves on to round number two. So that covers round week two, I should say. Tegan Knox, Bailey, Stephanie McMahon, Zaya Brookside, Ruby Riot, and Dakota Kai all moving on. So now, week number three starts, and your matchups for this week. We kick off week three starting tonight on the website. Heavyweight matchup to start round to for week for <laughs> heavyweight matchup to start week three of round one. Zelina Vega taking on Sasha Banks. This is this might end up being the close. We had one decided by one vote. This could come that close too. Uh, This is going to be a very tough one because, you know, being a local girl, Sasha Banks, that gives her a little bit of an edge. Mm -hmm. But Selena Vega, that's spicy right there. Absolutely. That's going to be a very, very interested to see how that one turns out for sure. Uh, Another uh, another match on week three, you can vote for this one on Friday, will be Ricochet's favorite, Casey Catanzaro. As she takes on the war goddess herself, Ember Moon. And that's going to be an interesting one. I'm curious to see how that one turns out. In perhaps the most frightening matchup in uh, round number one on Saturday, you will get to vote between Killer Kelly from NXT UK and Bianca Belair from NXT in the United States. Um, We'll see if Bianca Belair can remain undefeated in this bracket. I don't know about that. We'll see. Then on Sunday, my personal favorite, my winner in the Wackatology special, the one we all three, as a consensus, came to as your winner. Mandy Rose starts round number one against Sarah Logan, another member of the Riot Squad. Can we get two members of the Riot Squad? Can Sarah pull the upset? We will have to find out, but we will start that voting on Sunday. Then on Monday, another one of Ginger's favorites, Mickey James, will step up to the plate, but she's going to have a tough, tough matchup because she is going... One-on-one in this round with Asuka, who is, a I know, a popular favorite amongst a lot of people. Uh, not, I mean, a, not a fan of do, Asuka. Do you, do you blame them? No, not at either, all. Either, either of those choices. I mean, in reality, Asuka, her entrance, I believe, um, AG brought it up when he was on. Um, when she takes her mask off and she just does that lip bite. Yeah. Oof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that's dangerous. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And speaking of AG in a matchup of Platinum Honeys that would make him proud on Tuesday, you can vote between Liv Morgan and Maurice. That was sort of a hotly contested one when we did our special ginger. Who do you like better, Liv Morgan or Maurice? Liv Morgan. Maurice was good back in the day, but now it's yeah, she's she's that 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 baby didn't treat her too well and the plastic surgery galore. I don't know. I, I still wouldn't kick her out of bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and any of no, I wouldn't either. 
<laughs> so there are your matchups for the week. Starting tonight, the the heavyweight matchup, if you will, no pun intended, no no Nia Jackson this one. Zelina Vega versus Sasha Banks. <laughs> That's going to be a big one. So you want to get to RundownWrestling.com and cast your vote for that one. Make your voice heard. Every single vote's going to count in that round, I think. Uh, but that's going to do it for the hottest female talent tournament as far as this show goes. And now it's time for a little something we like to call the perfect 10, a 10, a 10, a fucking 10. All right. Leading off the perfect 10 this week, we got to see the return to the WWE to Monday night raw of the big dog. Roman Reigns, and it was as sort of amazing a moment as I think we could have imagined going into it. Um, the crowd was there for him. It was unbelievable to support. He, he didn't overwork the, the, his speech, his, his promo. Um, he really sort of, it, it, you felt the emotion, you felt the realism, um, which is exactly what it, me- it needed to be, because when you think about this, sort of jaded world of wrestling that we live in, we follow, and we work in, some of us, you have a hard time sometimes drawing that line between what's real and and what's not. And this was just an absolutely just genuine, real human moment where you could feel it, you felt the love from the crowd, you felt the appreciation from Roman, uh, just truly, truly a special moment and really emotional to watch. Absolutely. Uh, I actually just watched it earlier today, and man, he is very lucky that he is beating it and he put it back into remission, because only strong-willed people and you know people that can push themselves can stay positive throughout it. It can affect a lot of people in a negative way, mm-hmm. and by the looks of it, it didn't affect him at all, and congratulations to him on his recovery because that's amazing. Absolutely, and and like I said, it, it. I've always been on this show one of the biggest proponents of Roman Reigns. I think the guy got a real shit rap from the fans. I, I think they yep. booed him for no real reason other than he happened to be the guy that got the push that they wanted for Daniel Bryan, and they never sort of forgave him for that. Um, but to see that outpouring of support was was really cool. And I, you know, I can't imagine how you could boo him after that. Um, no. But I said to my wife, I looked over and I said, "If I'm Vince McMahon, now's when I turn him heel, just because, oh, yeah. just because." Um, but yeah, it, it looks like he's going to be right back in the ring. The reports are he will be participating on Fastlane. We'll touch on sort of where he'll go at Fastlane in a little bit. But uh, I am a little surprised he's getting back in the ring so quickly. Um, yes and no. I mean, he's obviously going to know when he's ready to do it, and he feels the time is right right now, so he's going to get right back into it because it's a sport that he loves doing, and I mean, it, it that's what it boils down to 100%. He loves doing it for the people, whether he's cheered or booed or whatnot. He loves being out there, and that takes guts to, you know, not give yourself time much time of a break, and... For him to just jump right back into it, all the power to him. Yeah, and nobody wants to miss WrestleMania, and this will give him a nice little tune-up before WrestleMania. And where he goes at Mm -hmm. WrestleMania, who knows? I'm sure we'll find out in the next couple weeks. But it's going to be really interesting to see this ride that Roman Reigns is about to go on. And it's going to be really cool to take that ride along with him. All right, moving on. We were not done with NXT call-ups this week. 
because we got a full heaping helping of Aleister Black and Ricochet as a tag team. On Monday Night Raw, they defeated the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Revival, because you got to pin the champions, because that's a thing. Um, and then on SmackDown, was it the they? Who did they face on SmackDown? I'm blanking. They, they worked um, Nakamura and Rusev. That's right. That's right. Yep. Uh, another couple of guys with tons of charisma who could be main eventing shows who they can't find time for, so they're relegated <sighs> to crappy tag team action and doing the job. But uh, so first off, I, I, judging by your reaction there, Ginger, you're not a fan of putting them over the tag team champions either. And I look up and down that Raw roster, and if you want to have them as a tag team on Raw, there is no reason to not put them in there with a team like the Ascension or a team like the B-Team where they can go out, they can hit their spots, they can do a squash, they can get the pops you want, and they don't have to beat the champions. You can keep that special for down the road if you really want to. Yes, but I think Triple H is talking in Vince's ear like these are your future stars. Give them a push and see how they handle it. And, you know, where they're wrestling, they're technically wrestling, what, uh, twice in two days. So that's going to be a little different than when they do the NXT tapings. They want to see how they do. But when it comes to being the tag team champions, oh, my God, you got to make a better choice than that. That is really annoying. Um, when Gargano and Champa did it, last week um i was like okay that makes sense because they had the rivalry back in nxt and you know that was kind of their redemption-esque but um yeah no don't don't make them lose twice in a row after just winning the tag team championships unless it's going to lead to something big at mania but i don't see that happening. Well, I'm, I'm always on the show saying that wins and losses don't matter, and I do truly believe that. I think you can totally rehabilitate someone. I think we're seeing some of that stuff now. Um, but there's just no reason to do it. Like, it doesn't damage the revival to me, like some people seem to think. I, I don't think that's really a thing. They still have the belts. They're still on Raw t- on TV every week. I'm not worried about the revival, but... Just for the credibility of the belts, if everybody's pinning your champions all the time, those belts really don't mean anything. Exactly, yeah. Um, you know, they win them one week, and then they job the next two weeks. I don't know, it's just, uh, I, I don't know, it's it's very frustrating. Like you just said, it's just it's going to decredit the belts, and that's not best for business. Yeah, uh, well, so moving on, as we talk about, discrediting belts maybe i don't know oh boy um we had an interesting uh week in as it relates to the raw women's championship and how it plays into these wrestlemania uh show that we've got coming up here because ronda rousey was on monday night raw in a tag team match she was teaming with natalia against the riot squad in the middle of the match becky lynch comes out through the crowd who's barred from the arena. She's not supposed to be there. And apparently, it looked like she had a brief altercation with a security guard, a single security guard, who eventually just said, okay, go ahead. And not a very good security guard. Um, And then she started attacking Natalia for God knows what fucking reason. Like, Natalia... She's mad. She's mad that she got kicked out of the match. Natalia had nothing to do with it, though. It's not go, go get one of the girls who does. She's the man. She don't care. 
So that prompted Ronda to get involved. They had a bit of a pull apart. Becky got arrested. Uh, some great lines like, you should arrest them. They're robbing me of this opportunity or whatever. It was great. <laughs> She's fucking killing it in her social media game and her, her promo game, no doubt about it. Did um, you see the trade-off between those three today? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, you, you do sort of wonder sometimes where the, the, the work ends and the shoot begins, because that, that seemed to get really personal towards the end. Right? <laughs> Uh, we'll wow. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment, though. Uh, so after Becky is escorted out, Rhonda calls out Vince because she wants to settle this whole situation. And, of course, because, you know, reasons. Vince doesn't come out, but Stephanie does. And Stephanie plays the whole role of, you know, good employee. And, you know, we're not going to change it. It is what it is. Get over it kind of thing. This leads to Rhonda basically saying... This match is too important, and if you're not going to fix this, then maybe I just won't show up, and leaves the belt with Stephanie. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. No, uh, I don't I don't know what route they're going down, but it kind of didn't make sense, because just because you can't fight somebody, you're going to put the title down? Well, her her case, and I do sort of understand it, is that if the title isn't being defended against the best competition, then the title doesn't mean anything. If you're not defending the title against the best in the world, then what's the point of having it? You can hold a title if you're only facing... Like, it's sort of in boxing. You can hold a championship forever if all you ever face is tomato cans. Um, yeah. So I, I think that was sort of the, what she was going for there. Um, fast forward to SmackDown, where Charlotte comes out and cuts just a fucking amazing heel promo. Um I said all along, this girl should never be a fucking face because she's so much better as a heel, um, including some great facials because I don't know if you saw on Twitter some people were comparing it to the Joker face. Just outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the, like you just said, the facial expressions were awesome where she like just put her head down at a weird angle and it just looked it looked pretty creepy. Yeah. But, um, yeah. The baby situation, um, it's going to happen because she's Ric Flair's daughter, and she's going to kind of go off of that momentum, and she's an amazing worker, so whether people cheer for her or boo her, she's going to do what she wants to do, and if you hate her, you hate her. If you like her, you like her. Well, I feel like they sort of have a bit of a Roman Reigns situation with her, too, though, because she's sort of the anointed chosen one as far as the fans are concerned and not the one they want. And that's sort of been the thing with her for a little while now. And now they're just sort of playing right into it, which is good on their part because they're recognizing the way the fans are reacting and starting to play into it. And we'll talk about that in a big way in just a few minutes. Um, but I think that's something that they've been lacking for a long time, and it is nice to see that being utilized again. No, absolutely. I mean, they've always said, oh, we listen to the fans. Well, they're actually listening to the people now, which is not well overdue, but you got to give them something once in a while. Like, I think the last time that the people made their voices heard was when Daniel Bryan, they wanted Daniel Bryan as the champion. So where in this situation, it's almost another person, how you just said, it's almost the Roman effect. It's... Almost Rhonda is getting that treatment as well. Hmm. 
But you mentioned you mentioned yeah. Daniel Bryan, and that's an interesting one because I think in that case they fought that as hard as they could the entire oh, yeah. time until they just realized we don't have a fucking choice. This time they're sort of going, okay, we're not going to make that mistake again. We're gonna we're gonna give them what they want. And the reason you could see how brilliant they're they're handling the situation because when they inserted Charlotte into this match, everybody. Oh. When the rumors started circling that it was going to be a triple threat, so many people lost their mind. We don't want a fucking triple threat. Do not put her in that match. We want one-on-one. But, but, but. but then you get to Monday Night Raw, and you you have Ronda cutting this promo to Stephanie, and what do you hear in the background? The crowd starts chanting, triple threat. They've taken this thing that nobody wanted and made it the only fucking thing people want by the way they've told this story. So fucking great job by them. Yes, absolutely great job by them, but they're using social media to the 100% degree as of right now, and those three are just knocking it way out of the park, especially after today. Yeah, absolutely. And Charlotte, in her promo, said she will be going to Raw to collect her belt since Ronda didn't want it. And How how fucking great would it be if they just crowned Charlotte the champion going into that WrestleMania match? Like. Oh my God! If you want to talk about getting heat, they, they, I don't think they'll do it. But no, they, I mean it's it's probably I don't know how 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 obvious it is, but I think it's going to be in Ronda and Charlotte at Fastlane. Um, kind of build that up a little bit. Obviously, Becky interferes, and you know, you, it's the same thing that's been going on the past couple of weeks since Becky was suspended. It's possible. I, I my my gut is we're not going to see any of them at Fastlane in a match. I think they're going to hold it off. I think they want to keep the they're they're fixing the mistakes they've made in the past. They're going to try to keep this thing as special as possible by keeping them out of the ring together. But we'll see. Uh, of course, SmackDown, not SmackDown, uh, Fastlane next weekend. So we'll get not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. Uh, we will have predictions on this show next week for Fastlane. So tune in for that. Uh, but you've been uh, dying to talk about this social media thing that happened today. Uh, so let's let's get into that just a little bit. And for those of you who follow Becky, you know she's an absolute wonder when it comes to Twitter. Um, just daily, she's just ethering bitches on there. Oh my god, she's killing people. Today she said she took a shot at Rhonda, which she does a lot, and Rhonda came back, basically saying something about, "Oh, you get this fake arm bar that doesn't even hurt." That looks like you're grabbing the dick you wish you had or something like that. Um, Classic. Yeah, which was great by Ronda, just fantastic. And if she was doing that to anybody else, she probably would have won. But, of course, Becky being Becky comes back with the same picture of the armbar and says, I never realized, but it does sort of look like that. And then put Ronda's husband, Travis Brown's face at the end at what would be the head of the penis. This is ridiculous. It was insane. Uh, (laughs) And then then Rhonda took it and threw in Becky's shoot name and (sighs) basically said, I don't care what the script says. The next time I'm in the room with you, I'm going to kick your ass. Mm -hmm. And anyone else, anyone else saying that, you'd sit there and go, it's all just part of the fucking work. But because it's Rhonda, (laughs) you have (laughs) this part of your mind that goes, I wonder if she's really fucking heated. Like, if this really, like, like, is this gonna? Are they gonna work themselves into a 
shoot here. It, it sounds like that's sort of what's happening. And we've certainly seen that happen with talent on uh, Twitter before, given the sort of sensitivity and egos people in the business can have, as I'm sure you're well aware of. Um, yeah. But you said that the three of them, did, I, I might have missed it. Did Charlotte get involved in this too? In what? Again, um, I, give me one moment. I might be able to get get this hold okay. on one second if charlotte got involved i must have missed that one it was later in the day i guess because i saw okay hold on uh, no i i don't think she did i think okay. she just kind of kept quiet and let those two go at it that's probably the smart move on charlotte <laughs> yeah. um but yeah these guys are these two ladies are killing it and ronda because ronda isn't your classic sports entertainer i, I think that not. plays so well into it um, because Becky is so on point and Rhonda is so like just real life that I think that, that the sort of context there, the conflict between those two really works well. Um, what is your take on Rhonda as a performer? You know, I think I was expecting her to fail in her first match at WrestleMania and she mm-hmm. knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Um, and then her next match, I was kind of expecting the same thing. It's almost like every time I see her get in there with somebody new, it's like, oh, she's going to blow it. And she never does. No. No. And she knocks it out of the park every single time. Her last match with Sasha Banks, I was blown away right. by what they did together. Yep. And she is proving herself to be a very high competitor in the women's division. It's blown i think a lot of other people's minds as well and obviously the promos aren't you know where some other people's are but see here's the thing for me with that ronda rousey shouldn't be cutting your classic wrestling promo that's not who she is what make and and i said this a couple weeks ago on this show and i don't know if you caught it but we as wrestling fans we spend so much time claiming that we want something different and then we get something different and all we do is complain that it's not the same as everything else that we get um ronda is different she should sound different and the fact that she does enhances her character to me doesn't damage it um adam who's one of the hosts on this network he and i go back and forth quite a bit because he's not as big a fan of ronda as a performer as i am um doesn't dislike her, was a fan of her first performance at WrestleMania. Um, his take that we talked about today was that she, it's not her fault, but she's been put in a position she shouldn't be in at this point. To which I say, she has to be in this position. If she's yeah. not in this position, the women are once again the popcorn match at WrestleMania. The reason the women will be closing WrestleMania this year is because of Ronda Rousey and the position she's in. I wouldn't say it's because of Ronda, because if you put, if you took Ronda out of it and it was Charlotte and Becky for, to main event, I think they could easily pull it off as the Could, could main they event pull it well. off? Yes. Could they pull it off? Yes, absolutely. But if that's the, if that's the top women's match at WrestleMania, Seth and Brock is closing it. Guaranteed Vince is not closing WrestleMania with Sasha and Charlotte, uh, Becky and Charlotte. He's okay. closing WrestleMania with the women because of the name recognition that Ronda Rousey brings to that product. Which makes sense in a business aspect of it. Right. And that's my point. Because of her name recognition and who she is, that's why the women will close the show at WrestleMania this year. Makes sense. You have flipped me. There you go. See, I have, I have that ability with a lot of people. Uh, 
Now, so that I think we've touched uh, on every aspect of this Ronda Becky thing for right now. It's amazing. And it's going to continue to get even better. I can't wait to see when Charlotte's there next week and you get all three of them probably in the same place. Um, so what we had, this next topic is near and dear to my heart because in honor of Black History Month, <laughs> Vince decides to fuck the black guy out of his title shot. So, on SmackDown this week, and, and this was just an absolutely brilliant piece of business. I don't know how you felt about it, but we'll, we'll, we're going to dig into it here. Um, on SmackDown this week, Kofi Kingston comes out. Daniel Bryan's already in the ring. Uh, Stephanie says he's sitting on a leather chair, which I don't think Daniel played up enough. I think he should have played into that a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Um, but then she, they introduce Kofi. Kofi comes. They, they, this beautiful video package chronicling like the 11 years of Kofi Kingston. Um, he comes out with the New Day. Cuts a little promo. He's getting ready to sign his contract. And then Vince McMahon comes out. And Vince McMahon comes out and says, listen, I, I, I just don't think you're box office enough. I don't think this match is going to draw. So I'm replacing you in the match. <laughs> just pulls him right the fuck out. Which is, this is his new gimmick. Like, he pulled Becky out of the match. He's yep. pulling Kofi out of the match. Um, I, I seriously halfway expect him to pull Seth Rollins out of the WrestleMania main event. Um, but... He says he's going to replace him with somebody more deserving. And we get the return of Kevin Owens. The crowd was a little weird here because yep. they want Kofi badly, but they loved seeing Kevin Owens back, too. So I don't think, that's why they did it. And that's yeah. exactly why they did it. Yeah, I don't think they knew how to react, which was sort of interesting. Uh, and Owens, to his credit, did a great job of walking in, like, didn't even look at Kofi like he was almost embarrassed to be taking it from him, but he wasn't going to pass yep. up the opportunity. He played that beautifully, uh, walked right up, signed his contract. We never heard from Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan never played into the fact that they were changing opponents on him at all. He pretty much just sat there stone-faced the whole time. Uh, Kofi did the sort of dejected walk to the back while Biggie and Xavier did a great job of playing like they were pissed off at them, and the crowd just couldn't chant Kofi's name enough. So, for those of you at home, going into this discussion a couple weeks ago, Troy said he did not believe they would ever put that title on Kofi Kingston. After what I saw on SmackDown this week, I am 100% convinced now that Kofi's getting that title at WrestleMania. Um, this was Owens and Daniel Bryan, as far as we know, was the originally scheduled match for WrestleMania. They've now fast-tracked that to Fastlane, and the only reason to do that is because Kofi's getting that match at Mania. Yep. What did you think of this segment? I was confused, to be honest. Like every every other person in the crowd, I was like, um, what? This makes no sense. But it's a great storyline. It has you hooked, reeled in. See, this time of year, I love wrestling because they're building everything up to Mania, and you got twists and turns. A couple times it's been meh, but this year they are throwing every left and right at you. But this threw me off. I did not expect Kevin Owens to be back this soon. I figured he would have came back after Fastlane. Um, but to your point, uh, they're saving Kofi for Mania. He's much more than well-deserving of that match at Mania. Yeah, the only question really at Mania is it a triple threat with these three, or is it just one on one? And we'll have to. I no, don't don't do a triple. I mean, I don't want them to, but I don't either. Knowing, but I don't know what you do I'm, with Kevin Owens. If you've promised Kevin Owens a match at Mania in that spot, it's hard to take it away from somebody too. Well, you could easily 
have him switch back and forth between brands and possibly feud with Balor for the Intercontinental title, or you have have him... He'd have to go back to NXT in order to be on both shows. That's the only way you can do that. Oh, except for Mr. John Cena. Well, and Brie Bella. (laughs) Yes, yeah, well, I mean, you can only imagine why. Um, But, yeah, uh, I mean, or they throw him in the United States strap match at Mania with our truth but i don't know i don't i have no idea what they're gonna do with kevin owens but obviously they got something up their sleeves and, and we talked earlier about how in the past they sort of steered away from daniel bryan and when the fans wanted it this time like i said they're staring right into it the fans want kofi and they are adjusting their plans to suit what the fans want so we sort of shit on them a little bit when they said they were going to change things but to me this is a marked noticeable change in how they're running things absolutely 100 percent and not Anybody else in that locker room is more deserving of that at this time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just did find it funny that right before the end of Black History Month, they pulled that on. Oh, my God. Just outstanding. (laughs) And then, like, a segment later, they pitched to their Black History video, which was... Yes! The juxtaposition was just amazing. It was Uh, probably accidental, but just outstanding. Um, Did did you notice that they played that at the beginning of this month as well, that same exact video package? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Like what? Well, you didn't. That was the only thing you had them do. Yeah. Well, you know they only have so many black people they can't move them. <laughs> oh my god. Um. All right. So we'll be talking a lot about that in the next next week's episode as we preview Fastlane. But we also had something else happen on Raw. A little bit interesting. Uh, Ric Flair's 70th birthday celebration kicked off with everybody. Well, all the faces looking like goobers on the ramp as they are wont to do. Uh, they called out Ricky Steamboat. I always find it funny when they like call out Ricky Steamboat to the ring, and they'll call out Sting to the ring, and everybody else comes to the ring, and then they got the goobers on the stage. Like, you're not good enough to be in or around the ring. Just stand on the stage. Understandable, but at the same time, it's the so-called important people that he has helped make his career and he has made their careers. But uh, the one I didn't understand has, was has... Kurt Angle. How has Stephanie helped make his career? Uh, um, okay. Well, That's I right. mean, it's Triple H's wife. It's Hunter's yeah. wife. That's why. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's what we're going to do. We'll go with that. Uh, Ric Flair's own daughter wasn't even in the ring, for what it's worth. Um, but, well, she's on SmackDown. Right, right. She's coming to Raw this week. Cause, oh, yeah, yeah. She was backstage, I, I read, along with The Rock, neither appearing on camera. Uh, but. And we'll talk more about the guys on the stage in just a moment, because uh, as they intro Ric Flair, his music played, no entrance by Ric Flair. So we cut to the back where we find Batista has arrived. He is grabbing and dragging a cameraman over to Ric Flair's locker room. He goes into Ric Flair's locker room, and then he drags Ric Flair out. Uh, Doesn't drag him to the ring, just sort of drags him to the middle of the floor in the backstage area. I don't really know why that happened. Um, Then cuts the promo. He doesn't want to get beat up by the whole locker room he's not gonna drag him out to the ring well apparently he was never in danger of that because all these schmoes are sitting there watching rick Flair get dragged <laughs> on the screen and nobody on the stage who was closer to the situation <laughs> does a damn thing they all just stand there and look at hunter to be the great savior as Ooh. hunter runs from the ring at a he didn't look very urgent in his speed getting back there, but uh, he does get back there, and by then Batista's gone. Batista, of course, cutting the promo. Do I have your attention now, Hunter? Um, 
Obviously, we're getting Batista and Triple H at WrestleMania. There was some question when uh, Triple H tore his, was it Peck, I think it was? Yeah. Uh, but he's back. He's he's rehabbed. He's ready to go. And apparently, we are going full steam ahead with this. I thought this was fantastic. And I know a lot of people had issues with this. Um, there were a lot of great little details here I loved. Uh, like I said, I didn't like the guys on the stage. But so often, we just cut to the back, and there's a camera where a camera shouldn't be. And I just love the little detail that Batista went and found a camera guy and dragged him and said, I want you to video this. But the only thing I didn't like about that is they were videotaping him dragging a cameraman in. They should have had that camera shot well, from the okay. camera guy being dragged. Okay, but, 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 but that camera was probably positioned there to capture Ric Flair leaving his locker room as he made his entrance to his birthday party. So you, but, it was, they, but they didn't show that angle. They didn't show that angle until after Rick's music stopped, I, uh, stopped playing. I think you're reading a little bit too much into this, Ginger. Come on. Hey, 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 hey. Come on. I mean, if you're going to do it right, you got to do it right. You, you should have, if, if you wanted to do it this way, you should have done that during his music, not have his music play, and then have his music stop, and then, and then the camera shows him coming out of the locker room. Listen, listen, you're the last person to talk about hitting music cues, sir. That's all I'm saying. Hey, no, no, that's Michael. <laughs> that's Mike G. Moss. Um, another interesting touch I love was that uh, Batista had the blue sunglasses and blue nose ring to call back to the Blue-tista days. Blue-tista? <laughs> I thought that was just a beautiful little touch that if you're a longtime fan, you, you'll remember, and it, it'll resonate with you. Um <laughs> But what do you what do you think about what was your thoughts on this segment and where we're going with these two at WrestleMania? Love it because he's gonna bring it back to when he f- came back. Uh, what was it two or three or three years ago when he came back? Um, <clears throat> when they brought Evolution back and Triple H promised batista a title shot he never got a one-on-one title shot he never received it so now he's getting his payback after quitting that's what that's exactly what the storyline is and if it's not then they don't know what the heck they're doing well they also did the uh the bit on it was a smackdown 1000 last year where they had the little evolution reunion and batista basically reminded triple h that he's never beaten him Oh, I did not catch that. Yeah, they did a little whole thing. It was all feel-good thing. They were all talking great about each other, and then Batista sort of took a shot at Triple H, and it got a little tense for a second, and then they just broke it up, uh, clearly planting the seeds back then. Um, this this may not be great when they get in the ring at this point. I don't know what Batista's ring conditioning is going to be like by then. Hunter's coming off a torn pack and obviously is, is a little bit advanced age at this point. Um, all that said... The lead-in to that match is going to be fantastic. And I say that because Triple H, for everything people want to take shots at Triple H for, he is a really, really good as a promo. Um, and Batista is a guy that just gives no fucks. Like, he'll say whatever the fuck he wants to say, because what are they going to do to him? He's fucking Drax, okay? He doesn't yeah. need them. Um, so he'll cut promos that will feel very shootish. And may actually have some elements of truth to them. Um, but he'll shit all over the McMahons, the WWE, Hunter himself, Stephanie. I think this is the lead in it to this is going to be just fantastic TV. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be amazing. Um, like you said, Triple H can cut a, a amazing promo. He always has been able to do that. Uh, and the shooting is going to be amazing because <clears throat> you know they're going to get the uh, 
Stephanie involved in some kind of angle in there. You know it's going to happen. And then, um, yeah, the buildup is going to be – it's going to be something special. And um, the match itself, like you said at the beginning, um, uh, I don't know how it's going to be. I think they're going to over push it and then it's going to be – it's going to be good, but it's not going to be great. But um, I looked up a stat, and Triple H has the longest matches at WrestleMania for the past, I believe, six years. Yeah, I wonder so, why that is. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's banging the boss's daughter. I don't know. But um, he he's been able to pull it off, especially last year. I mean, the the mixed tag match was good. They yeah. him and Kurt kept it going, but with Batista, um, it's it's going to be tough, but I'm sure they'll push through it. But it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. Like I said I think the build may overshadow the match, but I yes. I, I can't wait. Apparently, Batista is going to be on Raw on Monday, and I'm I'm there for it. I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, we talked a little bit about Kevin Owens' return and and how that was booked as it relates to Kofi, but we do want to give Kevin Owens his own due here because because he has a title match. He pinned Daniel Bryan because that's the only way they know how to build champions and contenders in WWE anymore is just have them pin the champions because the champions are not fucking special. Um, yeah, it was a tag team match Kevin Owens requested, which, again, I thought played really well into the Kevin Owens. Like, I, I feel bad for Kofi, but I, I, I'm going to take this opportunity. But let's get Kofi an opportunity to be in the ring. Uh, I thought that was really nice. Again, continuing that. Um, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, uh, sure, I guess. I still don't get the <laughs> Rowan thing. I don't either. It makes no sense to me, but it is what it is. We'll see how it plays out. Um, and then we get this tag team match, and Kofi, to his credit, did a great job of sort of playing like, I don't really want to fucking be here working for these people, but it's my job, so I'm going to fucking do it and do it for the fans. I thought Kofi was great. Uh, match was great. Uh, and Kevin Owens, not only did he pin Daniel Bryan, but he beat him with a stunner. <laughs> a boot stunner. Unbelievable. What did you think about that one? Um, I like that. I did like one thing that he did, uh, the pop-up powerbomb, but he sat out with it. I really enjoyed that more than the basic pop-up powerbomb. Okay. Uh, congratulations to Kevin Owens on his weight loss. My yep. goodness, he looks like a completely different man. Yep. Um, and his new ink too looks good. Uh, yeah, uh, quite a bit of it too. But yeah. I mean, hey, when you have money and you have double knee surgery, then you're and, gonna and, need some time to kill. And have you seen his wife? I'm sure he's got a lot of ways to kill time. Yeah, yeah. But then again, double knees you can only do one position. That position gets boring. I don't know. She's she's looking like a snack. <laughs> I'm not sure that would ever get boring. But we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the match was good. Um. Kofi just looks for different ways to innovate and do whatever he can to please the crowd. Um, but yeah, the boot stunner, I literally jumped out of my seat when he did that, uh, because I'm a huge Austin Mark. So yeah, yeah, no. And Austin gave him the stamp of approval. So he finally learned how to put a little stink on it. So that's awesome. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, we'll see if that continues to be his finisher. If this is just a one-off thing, but it seems like a weird thing to throw in the middle if you're not going to run with it. Just as on your first match back, you would think you'd stick to sort of the moves you're known for, uh, unless you're changing things up a little bit. Hey, if you can't beat him, hit him with a boot stunner. That always does the job. Absolutely. 
All right, moving on. I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to save that one for the end. But we had a return on SmackDown this week, and somebody made a comment in our in our host thread uh, that this started to feel a little bit like a post-WrestleMania SmackDown because you had NXT guys on the show, and you had veterans returning because the Hardy Boys returned to SmackDown. Um, we maybe have some inclination as to why that happened, but we'll we'll get into that in our in a topic in a moment. Um, but man, we talked about guys with weight loss. Look at Matt Hardy looking in phenomenal shape. Uh, not no broken at all. Just his old classic look. He's still got the blonde streak, but it's all slicked back. Uh, classic Hardy boys. Uh, they, they had a nice little match with the bar. Oh my God. Did Jeff Hardy kill Seamus with that swanton? He's been doing that a couple times lately where he just comes flush down he doesn't it's not the glance oh. it's supposed to be well they, they might have said something to him in the back like hey this is a stiffer area you might want to land on him but man Seamus when he was in the middle of the ring I was like oh my god he's going to kill him and sure enough he squished him yeah yeah um, not good and apparently well, apparently the other thing the other thing we learned apparently is that the the swanton hurts more if you take a shirt off because he yes. had a shirt on the whole time, and then he makes the tag for the swanton, and then it's when he says he's got to take the shirt off. Well, yeah, that's wrestling logic, man. Come on. It, it's sort of like how the Boston Crab hurts more on the announcer's table than it does in the ring. <laughs> well, you know, tears people's quads. Right, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Matt Hardy, good for him. Didn't see that coming, though. Um, but uh, all the power to him. I thought it was kind of weird because... The last promo that Matt cut when he was walking out of the building, it almost sounded like he was completely done for quite some time. But all of a sudden, here he is, right before Mania. But well, um, as it turns out, there's a clause in their contact contracts that allowed the WWE to extend them for another year, and they exercised those options, so they'll be around for a while. Well, I mean, uh, do, yeah, but are they? Do they have to be in ring, or can they be just out back doing stuff? Because if you want to be done in the ring, I understand, you know. Business is business. They can force you to do what you want. But reality, the guy's been with your company for how long now? And it's it's a little tough because he obviously didn't really want to do it. He wanted to take it. It seems like he wanted to take a longer break, but he just didn't. They just didn't want to give it to him. No, he has he had tweeted that he was ready to come back. And he basically had said, I got 11 days left on my contract and I'm going to compete whether it's there or somewhere else, you know. So I think this this was a return Matt Hardy wanted. I think this is the right role. Uh, to bring back the Hardy Boys as a team, because I don't think at this point, as individuals, they're gonna they're gonna set the world on fire. I think their their greater role is in this tag team division. Uh, the only issue I really had is that SmackDown's already fucking loaded with tag teams. Uh, Raw is really like a barren wasteland of tag teams, and I would have found a way to either move them to Raw or do something, and, and that may happen post Mania. I don't know, but when the only real contenders for the Raw tag titles are Heavy Machinery, who cut one of the worst fucking backstage promos I've ever seen. Oh, played my God. Uh, you got a problem in your tag team division on Raw. Uh, I think the Hardy Boys would have been great returning in that spot against the Revival. Yeah, I, um, maybe not the Hardy. Keep them on SmackDown. I think they've always been a better tag team for SmackDown. Don't ask me why. I just find them to be better on SmackDown. But... Um, yeah, they need to do some moving around with the tag teams because that, whoever those two are, I, that that backstage promo, the Ascension was just god awful. Yeah. It was he forgot his line clearly. It took him a second. 
and then I don't adjusted know, because him. his his character is basically mentally handicapped. No, no, no. You could you could tell. No, no, but no, no. It was the it was the 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 normal. Oh, one. Tucker. Uh, Tucker. Yes, Tucker. He clearly forgot his line. Clearly, and that was um, a little hard to watch. I mean, I. My promos aren't the greatest, but who he that that was a rough one to watch. Well, which reminds me, there are so many great fucking managers out there, and they're so averse to using a mouthpiece. It shocks me. There are so many guys who could benefit so greatly from a mouthpiece. Um, Leo Rush was a nice little addition to to the idea, at least, was a nice little addition to the Bobby Lashley character. But if I'm Vince McMahon, shell out the fucking money, go get MVP. He got Lashley over like a million bucks in TNA, and I think he could do it again in WWE. But off that topic, so the Hardy Boys back. Uh, we'll see if they how that how that tag team run goes. But I think, like I said, that's definitely a better run for them than than the singles competition would be. Mm-hmm. Um, in a big sort of piece of news that I I, I guess it, I don't want to say it went under the radar because I don't think it did, but I don't think it got the attention it probably should have. Uh, it was announced this week that Bruce Pritchard has returned to the WWE and has not just returned, but has returned in a major creative role with the company. Uh, basically resuming his position as a second in command for Vince McMahon and 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 sort of top guy on the creative team, uh, which is interesting because by his own story he doesn't get along with Stephanie, who is the head of creative. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, it, it's an interesting hire for a couple reasons. Obviously, uh, Pritchard's podcast has been pull no punches as it relates to WWE and Vince and a lot of the people backstage. So I'm curious to see how those interactions have gone since he's come back, given some of the things he said. Um, the other thing for me is that in this era where the idea is that Vince is out of touch with what today's wrestling audience wants, as great as Bruce Pritchard was in his role at one point, you got to sort of question the idea of bringing back somebody from the old generation and the way things used to get done rather than elevating somebody with more of a, a view of today's wrestling and what people want. What, what, what do you think? I know you're a Pritchard guy, and so am I, but what do you, what do you think of that notion? Uh, they're desperate. They are very, very desperate for help to get a change into the company, but one little thing, and I don't know if this will be a thing, but you know, he's got his podcast with Conrad. Conrad might help him, believe it or not. Because wasn't well, Conrad uh, all elite now? Yeah, but I don't know. He might be trying to pull him in because they've been doing a podcast, and I, I, I don't, I don't think he works for all elite. Um, from what he's, he has talked about on the pod, on his own podcast. Well, he is, so, so what we know is that he's hosted both of their press conferences. Yes. And he runs the StarCast, which has attached itself to the uh, the elites. Is it official that he uh, attached it, or is it just like, hey, I'll promote the crap out of your show? Well, they've had StarCast twice, and it's been both weekends uh, at the same city as that was hosting the elites pay-per-views. So, yes. Uh, he, I mean, as awful as it sounds, he could be possibly piggybacking a little bit. I mean, you might as well take advantage. Um, but at the same time, Conrad Thompson is married to Ric Flair's daughter. That's so, right, and Ric Flair is obviously, um, Ric Flair is obviously a WWE guy. Um, but I don't know if he would put himself in a position to be torn between the two companies. So, but at the same time, 
back to the original thing, I love the fact that Bruce is back. I hope he listens to what people want, which is apparently where where WWE is going, supposedly. But, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, You know, you got to let him catch up to everything that's going on and stuff like that. But I was really upset that they got rid of Arn. The the reports are that he was working sort of as a as a what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not a regular employee, but a consultant for the, okay. for a little bit of time now. So this was just sort of a formalizing of what he's been doing for a little bit. Nobody seems to know exactly how long he's been, um, you know, consulting. But who knows? Um, the one thing I will say was watching SmackDown, and we were talking about that Kofi Kingston segment. I, 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 as I'm watching that, I'm thinking to myself, this has Bruce Pritchard's fingerprints all over it. The we're gonna give you guys what you want, but we're gonna fucking make you wait for it. We're gonna make Good. you want it even more than you want it now. That's, exactly. That sort of struck me as a Pritchard influence. I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah, absolutely, and because he is gonna try and suck everything out of it, and then give you that happy-go-lucky moment. When you know they put him back in there and mania and all that stuff, but it's gonna be it, you. You are 100 percent correct. Uh, Pritchard had had his fingerprints all over that baby. Yeah, and we, we've seen so much of the instant gratification booking with WWE. Like, oh, uh, it's Fastlane right before WrestleMania. Let's have Bailey and Charlotte's undefeated pay per view streak at Fastlane. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like that. That seems to be the way they had booked it, but this. Lately, it seems like they're booking more for a long-term payoff, and and like I said, that sounds like a Pritchard thing to me. And, oh yeah, because that's the old school way. Yeah, and if that's the influence he's having, then I'm I'm happy to see him back then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, now moving on to this got added to our perfect ten a little bit late because I just saw this article uh, today. It comes from the Wrestling Observer, so you know, take it with whatever grain of salt. Was it Dave Meltzer? I don't know if it was Meltzer reporting it. I only know it came from the Observer, so. FDM. Okay. Take that for what you will. <laughs> and and Meltzer is not a favorite on this show as it is. That said, uh, he's reporting, or whoever at the Wrestling Observer is reporting, uh, Tommaso Ciampa has an injury. Uh, the severity of it, they don't know. Uh, they say he is planning to try to work through it, which would indicate it's probably fairly severe if he's trying to work through it, um, because he wants to go to TakeOver to pay off the DIY story. Um, so we all, I, I don't know if you caught their match on SmackDown with the bar two weeks ago. Um, yes. Oh gosh. Yes. I there, know exactly what you're about to say. There was a spot where Ciampa did a sunset flip power bomb, which they need to fucking outlaw that move now. Cause it seems like yeah. the guys doing it are constantly getting fucking hurt on that spot. Cursed. Um, but for those of you who don't remember, that's where Seth Rollins tore everything in his knee doing that same exact move. Um, Ciampa goes, gets the flip over, and somehow just lands wrong. His knee buckles, and Sheamus, all 275 pounds of him, uh, falls on top of Ciampa's knee and sort of bends it outward the wrong way. Uh, We all sort of cringed. I think we were watching that like, oh, fuck. Um, He got up. He finished the match, including finishing it with a springboard. So I think a lot of us went... Oh, okay, he's all right. Okay, he's okay. Um, but this report would seem to indicate maybe he's not. And if you go back to his last ACL mat injury, he worked a fucking ladder match at that takeover right yeah. before having surgery with a torn ACL. So this guy can work through those kinds of injuries. So that I, I really hope I'm wrong, but it sort of seems like maybe that's what we're looking at, is some sort of serious knee injury here. 
Uh, and hats off to him if he wants to work through it because this DIY story has been the biggest thing in NXT probably in forever. Um, and it definitely deserves a payoff, but shit, this fucking guy can't catch a break. He's in the middle of the hottest run of his career. And if this is true, and if it is what we think it might be, if he's looking at another year on the shelf because of another ACL, God, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, I think they're going to let him rest in recovery. You're not going to see him in ring. Um, they're going to let him, like I just said, rest and they'll cut promos, you know, they'll, they might do a little smaz or two, but, um, you're well, they, not going to see him. They've in the done the NXT tone. tapings up to, I think pretty close to where takeover is going to be. So he, he's pretty much done with the NXT tapings for now leading into the, the event. So well, let's, let's just hope they don't put him on SmackDown and Raw. Well, they haven't the last two the, this week. He yeah. wasn't on either show. We saw, Gargano hanging out with HBK backstage, but neither one of them worked the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see what the hell happens because you, like you said before, it's you cannot let this guy get injured again because that will make them look at him as an injury-prone guy, and just how it happened is such a shame. If he is injured, we're hoping that he's not, right. but. That sunset flip, like you said, should be banned because nothing ever positive comes out of that thing no. because that was ugly. Yeah. yeah, it was just you just grabbed your own knee and went, oh, fuck. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I think we've both worked with Tommaso in the past, and, and he's as nice a guy and as double tough as anybody you're going to meet oh, yeah. in this business. And it doesn't shock me at all that he would try to work through it if that's if that is oh, God, what no. it is, um, especially for for the sake of a storyline of this caliber. Um, but shit, yeah, your heart just breaks for the guy if that's what it is, and, and certainly we hope it's not. Yeah, it's uh, he's worked way too hard for this moment, and he's in it. Well, let's see if he can continue it going. And, and just looking at a call up to the main roster too, which is just another mm-hmm. layer on the shit Sunday. That, that this would be um, so sad, unbelievable. All right, well, that's going to bring us to our main event, our hot topic discussion for the week. Uh, this week's an interesting one because we talked about the return of Roman Reigns at the top of the Perfect Ten. Uh, we mentioned in there that there was plans for him to work Fastlane, the pay per view. The rumor here is that he'll be working it, it with Seth Rollins. And with Dean Ambrose as they go one more time to the Shield reunion. So, Ginger, I ask you, does the Shield reunion make sense now? It is cursed. Every single time they bring those back, that team back, somebody either gets hurt, they get sick, they get uh, something happens. Every single time you need to stop doing this. Uh, <laughs> literally, every single time. It's true. Um, was uh, it? Dean got hurt. The, uh, the the first reunion. No, uh, no, no, no. Roman got the mumps. That was oh, the first yes. One. And then they tried to do it as soon as Roman got back. Yeah. Dean then, got injured. Yeah, Torres triceps, I think it was. Uh, it was his tricep or his elbow, something I think. Like it was, it was that, something yeah. something on the upper arm. Yeah. Um, and then he got back together, and yet again, Roman unfortunately gets... Leukemia, 
and it's 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 just cursed all around. Which wasn't as bad as what Baron Corbin had to go through, because that's a line they used on Raw. What? Oh, you didn't, I didn't that? catch that. Oh yeah, Corbin did a backstage promo and he was talking about how hard a job he had as the GM. And he said, you know, I'm sorry, Roman got leukemia, but he has nothing, no idea how hard it was. It's probably harder than what he went through to be GM. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. That is that's a pretty ballsy move. Yeah, it is, especially when you're talking about people who are really dealing dealing with that and all the goodwill that you were getting from Roman's return. By the way. But, well, Go and buy that new Roman shirt because it's fucking awesome. But um, anyway, you were saying? Um, I oh, I was gonna say. Um, but everybody asks for the Attitude Era. These are the kind of promos you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You're uh, gonna get the downright disgusting, asinine, total asshole promos, but in a clean way, so to speak, just being a straight up asshole. Um, but then you're going to get the backlash of, oh, that wasn't very nice. Da, 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 da. You know, this is stupid. I'm not going to watch it, which I can't stand when people say because they turn in the next day. Um, but, uh, yeah, the shield is, it, it's been cursed since the first reunion back. It's sad. Yeah. And I don't even think it's a, Oh, you could do that. I don't even think it's anything like that. I think it's just, there's a line of good taste too. Um, yeah, that you just like you don't make rape jokes you don't make jokes about people <laughs> suffering cancer i think it's just hey they used to they used to but it was a completely different time we were a little and, and that that's why i say that because you know everybody's like, but then you know, oh we want the attitude ever back and stuff like that and then they try to push that line, and then to, they get the backlash. To anybody saying, I want the Attitude Era back, go back and watch the actual Raws from oh the Attitude Era. God. That shit the does not hold was, up. No, no. The, the matches were... Disqualifications. God, it, they were almost all disqualifications. It, it was almost all DQs or interference or really the, the only good stuff was Owen Hart. Um, you know, you get your promos from The Rock and Austin. Rock, yeah. Um, you know, Kurt Angle. I don't know if you consider Kurt Angle an Attitude Era guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he came kind of later towards the end, but um, yeah, you got Triple H, DX, and stuff like that. Like the storylines and the promos were good. Yeah. Action was, meh, it yeah. was okay. The only thing I like, I say all the time, the thing I did enjoy about the Attitude Era was. All of the characters had storylines and character yes. development, and even the mid-card lower belt matches had some build to it. So you wouldn't mm-hmm. throw our truth out there out of nowhere in a stupid match like they did this week on SmackDown. Um, I like that. That wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a bad match, but there was no... I mean, I love Andrade. I love Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Part of me wishes Andrade had gotten the win and we could move on to Andrade and Mysterio for that U.S. belt, and I think that would sort of restore some of the prestige that that belt needs to have. It doesn't have at the moment um, because it's been sort of treated in a very poor way in the way, in terms of booking. Yes. Um, but given what we saw in SmackDown, part of me is starting to think that the WrestleMania U.S. title open is going to be answered by John Cena. And mm, I don't know about that. They were laying the Cena stuff in pretty heavy with R-Truth. Yeah, because I think John Cena and R-Truth are homeboys. But and I mean, considering God. the fact that R-Truth... Oh, go ahead. Keep in mind, Cena's supposed to work Mania. His program was supposed to be Lars Sullivan, who's not appearing on the show. Yuck. So you need something for Cena to do now. 
Come on, you you you're gonna sit here and tell me you don't know what Cena's match is gonna be at Mania. I don't. Come on, I don't even re- I don't even like to read dirt sheets this time of year, but it's obviously gonna be the Undertaker. He's oh, gonna God. want no. his rematch. God no, God no, because no. that was god awful last year before Undertaker was another year older. How are you gonna tell me that was god awful? That was amazing. It was awful. It was that awful. match with that that. That gave fucking Undertaker the redemption that he needed after that horrific match with Roman Reigns. They were both bad. Uh, you don't you don't bill a match like that. You don't you don't promote Undertaker versus John Cena and have him go out and do a two minute squash. And that's why you do it this time the proper way, where Undertaker no. could make appearances. No, I mean I I just think that's what's going to happen. I, I I don't think so. I I really don't. I and I hope not because I think. Undertaker. Well, who, who who would you rather have see carry Undertaker through a match, John Cena or some other guy? I don't think Undertaker's working the show. I really don't. No, I don't. I hope is, is he going to go to the Hall of Fame and retire? Or I, I think that makes more sense. I I, I think yeah. Undertaker's sort of reached a point where his performances are just tarnishing his legacy at this point. Uh, he can't go out there and be the guy we want him to be anymore. No. And no. It, as the more he tries, the more likely he is to do some serious damage to himself. And I, I just I don't want to see that. I was never a huge Undertaker fan anyway. Um, at least oh. not the Dead Man character. I liked. I was a Biker Taker guy to be honest with you. What? Oh my god! The supernatural hokey horseshit has never done it for me. It's one of the it reasons was... I wasn't a Bray Wyatt fan either. Same thing. Oh, yeah, the Bray Wyatt. That, that was they were trying to push that as the new Undertaker, and that just didn't work, so they scrapped it. But. Old school Undertaker back when he first came in, he scared the living shit out of little kids, and it was awesome. Right, but those little kids so, get older, and then it's like, okay, that's which I understand. And then you know, in the Attitude Era, it was kind of a little, yeah, with the cane angle because they were shooting fire, they were shooting light to bolts, that's, that's but it was kind of cool about. though. That's what. It was. It was. It was. Back, see, you're a little older than I am. I'm 31. I don't know your age, but that was when I was, what, uh, 12, 13, 14 years old, and I was like, yeah, kick his ass and stuff like that, but I love, I've always loved The Undertaker's angles and his work. American Badass, I, I, I didn't mind it, but to me, to I... To me, that was a real character. That was a relatable character. Well, yeah, that that's who he really is. Right, and that, to me, was what made that character better. I, I the. The supernatural horseshit that I know is all fake, like, I can't suspend my disbelief for that. I, I, it's just me, personally. I know a lot of people are into it. Just for me, it wasn't the thing. Um, well, people popped for it back sure. in the day, no matter how old they were. People popped for Santina Morella. That doesn't mean it was a fucking good idea. That's well, all fuck I'm yeah, he beat Umaga in his first fucking match. No, no, Santina, <laughs> when he pretended to be his sister. Oh, God. People popped for that, too. So That was the dark days of WWE. Well, there are some people that would say that wasn't even the darkest they got. Uh, but <laughs> we got way off. We got way the fuck off track here. We got way the fuck off track So, for my take, I you know... A S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion doesn't make sense now. That said, uh, if Ambrose is truly walking away after WrestleMania, as the reports seem to indicate, uh, and these three guys on their own went to Vince and said, listen, we want one more fucking run before it's over, uh, who's to deny them, truthfully? Give them this run at Fastlane. It's not like Brock's going to fucking show up for a non-WrestleMania pay-per-view. So let Seth do this. Uh, let's hope the curse doesn't last and Seth doesn't get injured before Mania. Um <laughs> 
and, and let them have their moment and their goodbye in the ring. And I'm, uh, does it make sense? No. Am I okay with it? Sure, because it's clearly what those three guys want, and they've earned the yeah. right to make that call. All right, that's going to do it for the Perfect Ten, and now it's time to run real quickly through the indie dates going on in your area before I hopefully don't lose my voice as I try to get through these. So let's start with one that's near and dear to both Ginger and I as APW brings live professional wrestling back on Saturday, March 9th at the Newburyport Elks Lodge, 25 Low Street, Newbury, Mass., the APW Heavyweight Championship will be on the line as the Masshole. Mike McCarthy challenges Dynamite Danny Miles. The New England title will be decided as Demon Ortiz makes his first defense against the former champion, Robo the Punjabi Lion. The APW Women's title will be on the line as Vanity Vixen is challenged by Davian. The APW Tag Team Titles Champions Nightbreed will defend their belts against the team of BRO, Channing Thomas, and Connor Davies. Cicero goes one-on-one with Ike. Travis Gillette takes on Royce Bishop. The newly formed group of Redemption takes on the team of American Made in a match to determine the number one contender for the tag team titles. All this and more. Get your tickets now. Reserve front row $20, and they are selling fast. Reserve second row $15. Those are online only. At Advanced General Mission, $12, 15 at the door. Bell time at 6.30 p.m. And Ginger, you were there with me last time. 300 plus we had to turn people away at the door so if you want to go check out apw on march 9th get your tickets now right absolutely 100 percent. you do not want to miss this show uh it's going to be balls to the wall craziness we got a lot of good talent going there uh, um you know apw is my home company so i am going to plug it to the moon <laughs> yeah and, and we are as hot right now as i can remember us being in a long time uh, yeah you picked a great time to jump off there ginger that's all i'm saying uh <laughs> liberty states <laughs> liberty states wrestling presents their 10-year anniversary show saturday march 16th at the john e mccarthy elementary school in peabody mass 10 years ago they held their first show at the mccarthy school 10 years later they're still going strong join them for a huge evening of family-friendly pro wrestling action we get it. Adam put this post in here, and there's like four mentions that it's at the McCarthy School. We get it. It's at the Johnny e. McCarthy Elementary School, Adam. Thank you. Damn it, Adam. Jesus. The main event of the 10th anniversary show will feature the Liberties, two Liberty State stalwarts going at it for the heavyweight title as Vern Vicalo defends against former champion Christian Casanova. That is one I would probably pay to see. I Absolutely. Both of those guys are just tremendous. Uh, also, Roby the Poon, Robo the Punjabi Lion defends <laughs> the No Limits Championship. Uh, all right, so Adam always gets mad when we bust his balls on this one. If you were running a promotion, Ginger, yep, and you had something called the No Limits Championship, and you as a fan went to a show, and a match for the No Limits Championship ended in a disqualification, what would you think? Um, That title needs a name change. Yeah, there's some limits. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I pointed that out, and Adam took great offense to it. I don't understand. Anyway, Opportunity Knox contract holder Todd Sopel will be in action. Also also in action, the real deal, Brandon Locke. They'll have the return of D.L. Hurst, and good on D.L. Hurst. It's really great to see him back in action after the tough injury he suffered. Congratulations to him on his quick recovery on that, because that was a brutal injury. Yeah. Uh, so all the props to him on that. Yeah, very reminiscent of TKO Ryan. You, you hate mm-hmm. to see those kinds of things happen. Uh, yeah. They will have Seth Rollins in action and fabulous Johnny Vegas. Fucking love Johnny Vegas. Uh, Vanity Vixen will go one on one with uh, Nakomi Talia. 
Alcala? I don't know, someone I'm not familiar with. Uh, I'll have to look into her. Uh, and much more. Tickets are $10. General admission. Doors open at 6.30 with a bell time of 7. That is Liberty States Wrestling. The stars of Bruce City, Rest- Bruce City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Friday, March 22nd with March Meltdown. Bell time is 7.30, doors at 6.45. Tickets for ringside, $20, and advance $16 purchased on what is it? bcwwrestling1.com or using PayPal, $18 at the door. Then stay after and party with, the- party with us at the Elks Lodge, family fun for all ages. Partying with wrestlers after a show has not always been family fun. That's all I'm saying. No. Uh, Already signed for this night, former BFFs collide as the Beer City Bruiser takes on Nick Colucci. The Brew City Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship on the line as the bearded bruiser Max Holiday defends against dysfunction. More Fandemonium matches will be announced soon. Check out BrewCityWrestling1.com or follow them on Twitter at BCW1 or Instagram at BrewCityWrestling. Liberty States Wrestling and our friend, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, work together to bring wrestling back. Oh, sorry. Work in conjunction with the Pinkerton Academy Class of 2019 to bring pro wrestling back to Derry, New Hampshire. It all goes down at 7 p.m. on March 30th at the Hackler Gymnasium on the campus of Pinkerton Academy. Tickets can be purchased at astromanialsw.com. General admission floor seats $20. General admission bleachers are $15. If you purchase tickets online in advance, you'll get early admission on the night of the event. So far, we have the uh, the bouncers from Ring of Honor, the of course, the Beer City Bruiser and the Kingpin Brian Malonis are going to team up to take on the Logan Brothers, and that is a match worth the price of admission by itself. We will have not America's sweetheart, Davy N, taking on the Widow Belmont. That's another one worth the price of admission. Yes. Also scheduled to appear, Liberty States Wrestling Champion Vern Vicalo, the unequal one Todd Sopel, Robo, the Punjabi Lion, Johnny Vegas, Chase Del Monte, that guy Scotty Slade, Setherin with Vanity Vixen, Nico Silva, and many, many more. That is going to do it for the rundown for this Thursday, February 21st, 2019. You can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show your dick pics if you'd like at RundownWrestling at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram where we will post said dick pics. Instagram.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. That is 61RUNDOWN7. We are on Patreon. Head on over to Patreon.com slash Rundown Wrestling to become a patron. All patrons receive early access to our shows, to the shows on the Rundown feed, as well as some swag packs and original content dropped on there regularly. Also, when you subscribe to our $20 level, free t-shirt. I'm just saying, free t-shirt. Who who doesn't like a free t-shirt? Check out rundownwrestling.com for more information on all of our great shows, such as the Nitromania podcast, Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, Making the Grade, NXT Revisited, ROH Dishonorable Discharge, and WrestleMania Salvation. Check out our friends, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing, dropping new episodes every Monday. Check them out on Facebook.com slash DWPAN or on DWPAN.com. Also, check out our friend Justin Michaels and his show, Yesterland Waltz. Go to YesterlandWaltz.com or watch it on your Roku, Roku sorry, through the RNTV app or the 24-7 Retro app. If I'm not reading this Dungeons and Dragons shit, Troy can do that if he wants to. Follow our hosts at JStewart0920, at Rockstar Troy, at Johnny Analog, and Ginger said he doesn't want any of you following him on Twitter, so fuck Hell off. No. 
Thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you, Ginger, for joining me. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you very much, Jason. It is greatly appreciated. I had a blast talking to you tonight. Absolutely, and hopefully we'll have you back on very, very soon. Next week, we bring you our... What is it? The Fast Lane Prediction Show. So we're getting way, way deep into WrestleMania season. Also, we will bring you the results of this week's voting for the most beautiful women in WWE tournament. Uh, and we will give you the following week's matchup. So all that and more coming next week. And I guess that all I can say now is we will see you next Thursday. Troy's not here, so I guess I got to do the bye-bye. There you go. This has been a production of the Rundown Wrestling Network. If you're interested in having your podcast join the Rundown Wrestling Network, please email us via rundownwrestling at gmail.com for more information. And thank you for listening. <laughs>